Love podcasts? You'll love Podcast Magazine, taking readers into the lives of today's leading podcasters and beyond the microphone of the shows fans love. Each month, Podcast Magazine's dedicated writers share personal interviews, industry happenings, exclusive categorical charts, and independent ratings and reviews of under-the-radar shows. If you listen to podcasts, subscribe now at podcastmagazine.com and grab a free lifetime subscription while you can. That's podcastmagazine.com. This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. How are you? Good. Good, good, good. Good, good. Good to see you. Richie Ote, what is going on, my brother? As well. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you um, you both just super excited about the school year coming up like are we are, are we back well actually so wait mary you've got one in college now or two in college just one right one going Portia is going to the university of oregon probably the week of the september 20th okay so they're starting at home completely no they're not that's a quarterly school so they don't even start until they move them in that week Ah, uh, so a lot of her friends left in the last week and a half to go off to their respective schools. So yeah. we're supposed to get the move in date for any day now. I wonder if, um, if by September 20th or so, they might get the all clear. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if that'll happen. It seems like it's working its way towards that, but I, uh, I don't know. Rich, are you um, are you putting your little on in school? Are you going to do what? What's what's the plan for you as far as the start of the school year goes? Um, well, they're actually on their way to the school to pick up the computer right now. Like we had yeah. our own, but then they wanted everyone to have the same same kind. Yeah, and so she's going to be doing from home now, and then they're kind of. I mean, like literally, as we were talking with the principal yesterday on a zoom meeting, something came through or was it the day before? It's all blurring together now. Um, <laughs> just like this, this last six came, months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> something came through that it's up to the schools themselves now. Um, but I don't think San Diego unified is going to do that yet. They, they do trimesters and they're going to go by like half a trimester. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get the all clear and, uh, and and we won't have to worry about any of that fun stuff. The number of emails that we're getting in the barrage of, you know, do this, do this. I mean, everything starts on Monday here in San Diego Unified. It's like, it's overwhelming at this point. Like, I feel like I'm in school <laughs> with all the, all, all the emails and instructions and all the things that... Uh, that we have to do. So it's just tough to, to keep up. And then they change the policies like every other day. Like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We decide we're going to do this. And then it's just like, oh my God. So I'm just waiting for like August 30th, the day before. And then they'll, that, that's the email I'll open and actually uh, try, to, try to figure something out. What great are the yeah, Isaiah is going to be a, a junior in high school and uh, Xavier is going into eighth grade. So, yeah, you know, they're, uh, they're both, both getting up there. 
but God, I, I just feel so bad for the kids that graduated last year and didn't get like the official graduation. And then even like the afterthoughts of trying to do things and people were like, ah, oh, you can't do that either. And just kind of feel bad for, uh, for the kids. I wonder what they're going to do for that class of 2020 to try to try to make them feel a little better about, you know, missing some of that out. What were you going to say, Mary? Well, Portia was in that class 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So they did do the drive in style of graduation. So they got to walk up, get their diploma, have their names said, all the horns honking. Oh. So that was that, that was that show. But then yeah. for that class, every student has their name engraved and placed on a wall at the school. Oh, nice. You know, and like that's knowledge. Yeah. And they didn't do that for any other class before? This is the first time that they've done that? Yes. It's nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, definitely uh, an extraordinary year in, in so many ways. So it's uh, it was interesting when um, Isaiah and I took a, a little uh, staycation-ish road trip scavenger hunt type vacation, uh, which I shared before we get the envelopes going from address to address. Just somebody set it all up for us. And it was uh, ended up being a lot of fun. You know, we, uh, we did a lot of things we didn't think we were going to do, um, would never have done or have, would have planned on our own. Uh, and it was, it was really, um, it, it was something I would encourage everyone to think about doing in terms of, and, you know, we all like being taken care of. We all like things have, you know, all like having things planned for us. Um, this was like to the nth degree of that in terms of having no clue what we were doing or where we were going and just literally having the stack of envelopes and go to this address. And when you get there, open that envelope. <laughs> and so one of the things that I shared from, uh, from that trip and uh, shared this recently, with, uh, I guess it doesn't count if, if I share it publicly, that isn't really a private conversation. So shared it publicly uh, there. Hey, Victoria, there on Facebook, not too long ago. Uh, oh my goodness, I this whole thing. Guys. Well, let me mute you out and we'll bring you on here in a second. So hold tight. <laughs> so we'll mute Victoria and bring you on here in a second. Hold yourself, hold yourself there. And, um, and so one of the things that we ended up doing was we went to a flight school and, uh, and when we pulled up, this location, you know, I thought maybe we were going to do flight simulation or something like that. And it turns out we were actually flying a plane and it wasn't actually we that was flying the plane. It was Isaiah, my 16 year old that, uh, that was going to be flying the plane. So I, uh, I, I had to really let go of a lot, <laughs> a lot of needs to control a lot of needs to, ask questions and, and this, that, and the other. And, um, and that was part of the experience. One of the things that we ended up doing and, uh, and it was, it was really terrifying, but at the same <laughs> token, I, um, you know, just had to kind of let go and, and, and trust the process. And, uh, here I am to, to speak about it, but you know, if you, w would you guys do that? Like if you, if, would you pull up, let me just start with Mary and Rich here and then Victoria will bring you on here in a, in a few minutes. Uh, but, let me start with Mary. So would you, how would you have felt in that circumstance of not knowing what you were doing and pulling up to this place and turning, you know, realizing it's a flight school and that your, your daughter was going to be flying the plane who had never, you know, piloted a plane before and you'd be in the back seat. What, what would you have done? Hell no. I would, I just don't even know how I would have, like, I still 
get nervous when she drives me around town in a car. And then how did, I mean, he must have just had the controls on his side that he could override what Isaiah was doing. So, yes. Yeah, so he was, so Isaiah was pilot, he was co-pilot and he, uh, you know, he had his own set of, uh, of, of controls there. Um, but he was surprisingly hands off from what I could see being in the back seat with my eyes closed. <laughs> I was going to say you had your head between your legs praying so you couldn't <laughs> see anything. I, I, oh. I read you pray to Hail Mary. Oh, I did everything. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I broke out the Buddhist Sanskrits. I, uh, I I did the Star of David's. I did the 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 Mother Marys, the Hail Marys, the crosses, the signs of the Pentagon. Like I I did it all. <laughs> was, and you didn't tell Lena until you got home. Well, we didn't even know, right? So afterwards, we did on the drive to the next location. We did, but you know, beforehand, that was part of the game. Is don't open the envelopes before you get to the the address on the envelope and so it wasn't until after i mean she was thrilled that you know that he did it and obviously that we survived the process but rich what what about you man what would um what would you have done in that circumstance with a seven-year-old <laughs> yeah right yeah she yeah. could probably barely see out of the top of the um look I, I think that kind of stuff is awesome. There's no way a co-pilot is going to put you guys in jeopardy, you know? So at any given time, I mean, I remember the, some of the original cars when they would train people to drive, like the other guy would have the brake and everything on the other side too. So I would have done yeah. it for sure. I would think yeah. about the empowerment it gives them. Yeah, you know, and it was that was part of it, right? Is before the trip, I filled out an application of some of the things that we wanted to accomplish, and you know, bonding and and confidence building, and you know, all those things were a part of the the application. So this was, you know, this was certainly one of those confidence building types of of exercises. Um, and you know, even even for me, learning quite a bit about myself, right, in terms of how much I want to control things, you know, and, and, and be bossy. Right. And so it was funny because like literally from the time we got in the plane to the time we took off, it was, it wasn't more than just a handful of minutes. And so before I know it, I'm in the backseat of the plane, you know, putting the seatbelt on as tight as it will possibly go. And <laughs> he's in the front. We're all in these connected headsets and he shows him how to, move the plane forward and before we know it we're driving towards the runway and then before we know it we're we're on the runway and he's accelerating and like the only instructions that that the guy gave to Isaiah that I could really hear uh were the instructions of basically when we get to 55 pull up <laughs> hey well your whole saying what what is it to a to a third grader or fifth graders of God. So yeah, right. you're, yeah. all you say is like, Hey, learn from someone who's a little bit farther than you <laughs> just in, in my, time learning. Yeah. And, and mind you, this guy who was our instructor, I mean, he was really young. I made fun of him in an article that I wrote about it where I said, you know, he's basically Captain Youngblood, this teenager. And I mean, no, you know, I think the combined age of Isaiah and the instructor was certainly less than the age of the plane that we got on. But, you know, it was one of those things where, it just took everything in my power not to say, um, 
can you provide more instruction? Isaiah, do you need more clarity? Like, you know, anything. I just had to just had to zip it. And I figured if, you know, if Isaiah felt comfortable enough with the instruction he was given, who am I to say otherwise? Right. So yeah, that was, that was a really, really interesting exercise in, uh, in, in letting go and in trust and in belief and, and not trying to control so much of the situation, which, which I tend to do clearly a lot more than I should. How was the ride back after all this stuff was done? Did, did so, you bring it up? Yeah. So, um, so, I mean, we flew, went around, flew over the Pacific, did some turns, you know, these sort of things. And yeah, we were, I think he said we were going about a hundred odd miles an hour. Once you catch the, the airstream, you end up going about a hundred miles an hour. Or so somewhere in there, 80 to a hundred, something like that. Uh, and about 2,500 to 3000 feet off the ground. So it wasn't a crazy high flight, but you know, high enough that if you fall, you're going to splat. And, um, and we, banked it back around heading towards the airport. And I guess he got a signal from the tower saying, Hey, you got to land this thing kind of quick here. Cause there's planes lined up trying to come in. Uh, and so the, the instructor took over and, uh, and ended up landing us safely and much faster than I guess we normally would have. But, um, but yeah, we, we, we live to tell about it. And I guess that's, uh, that's, that's the point of it all. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, all righty. Well, let's, um, let's do this. Let us give our guest, Victoria, the opportunity to come on and we will start here with our new media minute and give Victoria the opportunity to say hello. Victoria, how are you? Good to see you. Hi, super excited to be here. Your story is so, oh my goodness. Oh my yeah, goodness. Right? I, have, I have a kitty and a snake. I don't know if I would let them do that. <laughs> and, and do they do they play together do they get along well they actually do yeah they actually do it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny all right so um so give us an understanding of all the fun stuff that you are doing in the world uh because you're up to a lot of amazing things so i want to give people an understanding of, uh, of who you are and what you do first Thank you so much. Yeah, so my name is Victoria Vives Kwong, and I'm in an international best-selling author of In a Matter of Seconds, in which I share about my story, which is quite interesting. So I grew up in, in a ghetto-like neighborhood in Spain in a dictatorial regime, so sex was completely restricted, especially for female, for women. So now I grew up and I decided to share about divine sexuality, so I've written this ebook as well. And I help women that want to tap into their sexuality, rekindle their femininity, and really understand that we don't need to have that body shame or that fear of intimacy, but instead we can use this path as a way to heal ourselves. Awesome. All right, Mary, it's all yours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you said that in, when you were growing up, what was forbidden for women? So it was a very conservative regime. We were in a dictatorship. And there was also a very conservative Catholic regime as well. So all of this made that women were like almost made to serve their husbands. And if you were too, much, too sexual, it would be like a slutty. So it was just procre procreation, basically. So this was a lot of repression. And that made, you know, just keeping this subconscious belief, limiting ourselves, our sexuality, 
feeling a lot of guilt and shame around the theme. And after that, what happened is that we went into the opposite. So suddenly it's what was called the El Destape, which in Spanish means like Spanish people got naked, basically. So it was like a rubber band effect or something. So we went to the opposite. And suddenly television, everything was full of women naked. So it was a very distorted change from repression and censorship into a place of overly bringing sexuality. And this created a very distorted perspective. And myself growing up with three mothers and no father, because he wasn't around, I felt very affected by this situation. So it really marked my life. And as I went into entertainment, being in primetime television, that is all about that kind of energy, looking nice, looking sexy, and not necessarily a very divine aspect of sexuality. So to your point, you bring in um, a divine element to it to make it be, to lift it up? Yes, my desire is to work with women who feel a sense of guilt, shame, taboo around sexuality, that they feel uncomfortable in their bodies. They feel uncomfortable having intimacy. Maybe they had sexual trauma or maybe they have partners that are abusive because as women, sometimes we don't place the proper boundaries. So I help them transforming this and elevating sexuality into a way in which we can achieve powerful, intimate relationships with our partners and also a consciousness that comes from, from just that bonding that can bring in our relationships and that acceptance of our bodies that is not about the stereotypes that we see in the media, but instead is about so much more than that. So just one last thought. I think the Europeans are a little more comfortable with their sexuality. And I think people in the United States of America can be, have hangups. I agree. Okay. okay. Yeah, I agree. So after the dictatorship in Spain, things changed completely and was this period of El Destape. So we went into the opposite. So yes, in Spain, it is much more open and there is much more openness towards sexuality now. And when I came here, I was surprised because I thought it's going to be a lot more uh, liberal, but mm. it's not like that. So I noticed that, for example, I have a press release that has been censored like four or five times because it has the word sexuality in it. Even though I explained that sometimes this is not about sex, it's about gender is issues. So sometimes we work with the mother figure, the inner child. We work with how we feel about our menstruation as women, about our menopause. But this is not porn, but they consider it as porn. So with these kinds of hangups in, in, in these subjects, it's impossible to have a fulfilling love relationship. So it, it comes into sexless marriage. It comes into insecurity about our bodies and it's just destroying something that is so beautiful and brings so much bonding. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so help us understand then what, what is it that, that you specifically do? Like, can you give us a, maybe even like a before and after example um, of someone that you've worked with and kind of where they were and, and where they are now and what, and what you were able to do with them and for them? Yes, of course. It is always life-changing for me just to witness it 
and that's why I do this work. It's not easy sometimes, but it's so worth it. So I had women that were older, they were feeling that they're not so beautiful, so they don't feel like they can make love to this, their partners. They start like, you know, shutting off. So after working with me, they were able to feel beautiful, to understand that the elders in our community, the women that have, um, you know, that they are under me uh, after menopause, they actually hold this wisdom and they have this role that is so precious to the community. And also with the years, they can develop other aspects, not necessarily is about the physical body, how we think about the standards and the stereotypes, but there is so much more than that. So by the end of the process working with her, she was able to once again have relationships with her partner and feel beautiful, be valuable to the tribe, the community. And to me, just seeing that is life changing. Mm -hmm. And in looking uh, on your site and, and not for too long, because that seems creepy, <laughs> but, but looking on the site for, for, a, for a bit, um, you actually have um, a lot of products too, right? And you recommend products. Can you, can you talk about some of those? Because some of those things were like, I don't even know what those are. So <laughs> what, can, you, can you share you like what? That? How do you know that, Steve? I, well, I, like I said, I was on there for like three seconds and I was like, okay, I'm out of here. But no, like <laughs> seriously, how oh can, you, can you tell us more? Are you talking about Yoniex? that would be one of them that was like, what's that? <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's so funny because I have my intuition that it always tells, tells me things. And I said, I have to have my uni X. And I said, no, I don't think they want to hear about that. Of course we do. <laughs> so I have them right there. Do you want me to bring one? I would love that. Yes. I mean, this is audio and video. So yeah. So while we're going to get, we're going to get props. Censored and bumped <laughs> off the Basically. Yeah, right. <laughs> and right, we're up. So right. let so, me educate Rich, you about this. All right, and, 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 and Rich is Rich is very quiet on this one. This is interesting. Richard, <laughs> don't be shy. I'm not. Right. <laughs> okay, so this. What First is that? Time I, this is like, Can you describe it for people who can't see it? Yes. So it's rose quartz, which is a crystal, a healing crystal, especially um, one crystal that we use for healing anything about love, about our emotions, our feelings, and the divine feminine. So it's made into the shape of an egg. So it's carved as an egg. And this is actually to use crystal healing internally. Yeah. <laughs> so Keep we going. Know, we know about women that as they grow older, they start having incontinency issues. So for anybody that doesn't know what this is, it means peeing themselves. So it means that we laugh or we exercise too much and suddenly our undies have pee on them. So mm -hmm. we don't want that, of course. But our vagina, which in sacred sexuality or divine sexuality, we call the yoni to have more respect toward it. We actually have muscles that we can develop. So if you have a doctor that is working with you in this issue, they might give you some balls of metal or something that you can work with to develop the muscles. In divine sexuality, instead to put this metal inside, we work with healing crystals that have properties for healing and still they do the work of being able to strengthen the muscles in the yoni. So mm -hmm. in the beginning, this can be a weird thing and I understand it was for me, I was like, 
<laughs> but it, I have had people, women that came to my class with incontinency. They were able, not able to, to laugh or anything. And at the end of working with me, the incontinency had disappeared. And to let you know, for myself, I was able to be laughing, doing martial arts all at the same time and being able to work with this egg and not laying down the egg. That makes sense. <laughs> so this falls in the category of doing Kegels. Yes. Kegel exercises. So you, I remember making a joke after I had my kids, I don't do jump, jumping jacks anymore. Mm. Right. So what happens is that the Kegels don't have a resistance. So if you do, right. if you go to the gym and just do like this without weight, it doesn't really do that much. But now that we have something against to, uh, to push in the, in the yoni, that helps so that we strengthen the muscles for real, because we have that, uh, that we need to hold the egg so that it doesn't fall out, right? So you have mm. to really <laughs> work the muscles inside so that it doesn't fall. It gives you a reference. Whereas just doing Kegels is okay, but it only takes you that far. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and well, let me just clarify a question. I mean, I'm clear on the, on the entrance part of this. I'm not so clear on the exit part. Exit. That's, exactly. Exactly. Well, okay. <laughs> let me explain that. No. I'm going to dispel this mystery for you. Yes. So <laughs> it depends, um, but in the beginning, normally it's just going to go out right away. <laughs> So it will not be in the beginning a problem. However, with time, you learn more how to hold it. And then you can actually wear it the whole day and it will stay there because you are aware of your yoni, which is important for us women. So that circulation starts being better in that area. And then some of them have actually a perforation with a cord so that you can pull it similar to a tampon. But I don't recommend that because having that uh, hole in, in it can accumulate things that we don't want. So what I recommend is to trust that it will be okay. You make that relationship with the yoni egg. And when you need to put it out, it's almost like going number two. <laughs> oh. So you can actually do it pretty easily as long as you relax and are okay with that. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll give it over to Rich. Rich, please <laughs> save me. <laughs> uh, no, I wanted to ask a question back to when you were talking about rubber band effect. I think of it as pendulums, you know, yeah. and it's kind of a lot of what's happening right now in the world in general. It seems like pendulums are swinging back and forth. Um, and some of them are super important to happen, right? So um, what it would be interesting to hear from you is do you need to go to that other far extreme so say in the beginning everything was repressed do you need to kind of go to the far extreme or the other side to find a happy medium in the middle or is there a way to just go to the happy medium like do you recommend when you're helping women you know go farther than you normally would go to help find a comfortable place for you or how does that work I believe that life is the best teacher. So I, I normally leave that to life. I don't think necessarily we have to put ourselves in extreme situations. At the same time, 
I understand that by learning from polar opposites, there is a richness and a depth that comes from it that we could not achieve otherwise. So thanks to having that extreme experiences of censorship and then the opposite, I can understand almost all the degrees in between. So I find it valuable. Would I put somebody through that? I don't think so. I think life itself is wise enough to give us what we need. So I would recommend to just live naturally without fear so that if those situations are presenting themselves to you, like with Steve, right, with the airplane, um, then we are okay flowing through them, but not necessarily creating a, a non-realistic environment. At mm -hmm. the same time, I invite the women that are with me to go through processes such as, for example, a full month, not using makeup, not shaving, not doing anything that we are conditioned to do. And then mm. another month doing the opposite, using all the things that we have as women, makeup, eyelashes, heels, dresses, because it helps us understanding that all of this is conditioning. We are conditioned to a certain way of being, but that's not the ultimate truth. Interesting. Well, I wish we could go deeper here on the subject, but uh, you know, we only, we only have so much time. <laughs> like that one. Um, but serious, with all seriousness, this, you know, the work that you're doing is super important and really do appreciate it. And Lord knows there are so many people who can benefit uh, from, from the work that you're doing. And so if people want more information uh, about you, Victoria, or to get in touch with you, wh where should they start? What should they do? victoriavives.com slash divine to download my divine sexuality ebook is free. So this is V-I-C-T-O-R-I-A-V-I-V-E-S.com slash divine. That's awesome. All right, Victoria, thanks so much for joining us here on Reinvention Radio. We're going to let you jump and we'll talk to you really, really soon. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit reinventionradio.com.